The reading is Proverbs 27, verses 23 to 27. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed, a new growth appears, and the grass from the hills is gathered in. The lambs will provide you with clothing, and the goats with a price of a field. You will have plenty of goat's milk to feed your family and to nourish your female servants. Thank you, Margaret. That's, that's great. And I know that you've been doing a whole series on Proverbs. Um, and this little section I came across when I was doing my daily devotions using one of the, the books for the purpose. Um, and it came at it from a slightly different way. And it really, really spoke to me. So I thought I'd bring that to you today. And I wonder, as we start, how many of you remember going to the park and playing in the playground? I'm sure you do. But, you know, before all these namby-pamby soft surfaces and all the safety equipment, does anybody remember the umbrella? going backwards and forwards and round and round or revving up the roundabout as we used to as fast as you could leaning out and putting down a stone for the next person along to pick up either far out as you could or even underneath the roundabout great fun not safe but wonderful or um going when it was going so fast you'd get it going so fast you couldn't get off of it or having all of those little bits of black grit from the playground surface scrubbed out of your knees with a nail brush when you got home after falling over. Eh, they don't make playgrounds like that no more. Probably a good job. Now, what I find depressing at the moment is how over so much of the world, quick profit is economic king, no matter the industry. It could be agriculture, manufacturing, service, even finance. It seems as though it's always the quickest or the cheapest way that's seen as the best. Maximum profit in the shortest time with minimum effort. And I think we're all aware that quick profit and exponential growth is, is about as unsustainable as the current human population growth. But it seems like the fine, the, uh, the world's financial merry-go-round or playground is going so fast that nobody knows how to get off or even to slow it down without getting hurt. No one wants to ruin their brand new handmade shoes by using them as a brake or put holes in the knees of their Savile Row suits by jumping off and risking falling over. In fact, many of those who are driving the system seems more like adrenaline junkie thrill seekers than they do of any kind of sober-sided stewards of the world's resources. This kind of economy can't go on indefinitely. All it does is breed injustice and it uses up diminishing resources at an increasingly frightening rate. Don't get me wrong, some people have realised what they're doing and trying really hard to change the system, and they're getting pilloried for doing so. There's an American 
card payment processing company whose boss has taken a huge pay cut and he now pays everyone in his company the same, including himself. And that company is growing. But there's a significant number of other United States chief executives who are literally praying to God for his ruination, calling it wrong and unnatural to be doing so. And there's also many commentators who interpret this passage today in line with today's economic system. The New American Commentary says that this gives the most basic of economic lessons. Take care of your business and it will take care of you. The Preacher's Outline and Sermon Bible says, invest your resources, your time, your talents and money in that which seems most secure. Now, if you did that, surely you'd invest in something like the arms industry, because that's surely been the most secure industry for well over a century. And while I think the good stewardship in, in the use of the resources God gives us is vitally important lesson to learn, and not just from this passage, I don't believe that's all it has to teach us, or even the most important thing. So what does it have to say? Well, I think the key verse is probably verse 24, breaking down into two distinct parts. And the first part of that seems pretty clear. Riches do not last forever. And that's a truism that Proverbs alone teaches more than once. And it's one we find also in some ways in Jesus' teaching too. Think of the farmer in the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12. He has a bumper crop. He thinks he's got it made and bang, he dies before he can enjoy it. But sayings like these are, are not just about amassing wealth, but they're all about priorities. Wealth in and of itself isn't a bad thing. But it's to be held with a loose hand and it's to be made without exploiting people or the environment. The talk of riches in verses like these and in the Luke's parable usually imply quickly gained wealth, whether that comes through trade, through investment or through farming. A quick buck usually does mean exploitation of some form. And in kingdom terms, that's a big no-no. The second half of the verse, though, has confounded more than one commentator over the years and does a crown endure to all generations. Now, what's that going on about? Now, it could political stability, assuming that the same political and economic climate that makes a market or commodity valuable will continue just as it's been going on. But as we know, that's foolish. Think of the booms and busts we've seen over the past decades alone. Think of the enormous changes that this lockdown is bringing economically with just about no warning at all. For myself, though, I think it comes more as a warning to those in authority. Our verses today are, after all, like an introduction to what follows throughout the next two chapters, which are all about righteous and unrighteous rule. Those who rule justly and righteously, it will come on to say, a steward subject to God will be blessed, but those who rule unjustly and oppressively will forfeit God's blessing and their position. So I think that the talk of crowns enduring here is there to remind leaders that good stewardship and sustainable living starts at the top. Starts at the top. That's something we find that those leaders in scripture are expected to give actual moral and leadership in all things. 
it's their influence that influences the rest of the country and those things are still true today so we're starting from a place where we've been reminded that ill-gotten gains don't last and that justice and righteousness are important and it's the other verses that put that into context so let's go back to verse 23 know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds now as any livestock farmer knows the condition of your animals reflects the condition of their environment stressed animals don't breed don't put on weight or produce milk or good wool or good hair and meanwhile happy healthy animals give a much better return and the environment they're in plays a huge role in that overgraze a pasture it takes a long time to recover don't clean their stalls or barns and you invite pests and disease i was talking to the father the farmer at, at nyth farm who keeps a herd of belted galloways and he was saying that running his herd in the old-fashioned way out on the land as much as possible had improved his land no end he'd been amazed at how the land had responded how the biodiversity had improved species coming back that had disappeared years ago unfortunately he can only do it because his money came from raising chickens for chicken mints a practice he actually found distasteful but the system doesn't promote good stewardship and the benefits it brings to the environment cheap food is king and with that comes unsustainable and intensive practices we can see that around us every day and the principle that principle knowing well your flocks and herds applies across all of our lives i once worked in health and safety and the environment side for a firm that used copious quantities of chemicals and it was our responsibility to ensure that the waste we generated was disposed of legally and safely not just by employing the proper contractors but by regularly checking more than just the paper trail if we have investment income where is it coming from it's not just about maximizing our income but we're responsible for ensuring that our money doesn't come from others exploitation there's more and more ethical investment funds out there these days again where are we buying from how do they treat their staff their suppliers are we contributing to injustice and environmental damage verses 25 to 27 emphasize the benefits of the longer term sustainable approach they stress how balancing the needs of the land with the needs of the farmer leads to sustainable growth rather than exploiting and intensifying a longer term approach brings rewards as the land flourishes the livestock flourish happy flocks giving enough wool and milk to keep the family fed and clothed with enough left over both to trade and to furnish the occasional festive meal of meat and even over time enough to expand the farm as the family grows and to provide dowries for the daughters god is good he provides enough for everyone's need but there can never be enough to provide for everyone's greed our world has limited resources and they're not ours to exploit did you know that many of the things which seem to us to be nature's random acts of brutal thuggery are actually indicators of a greater order earthquakes volcanic eruptions tsunami that tragically follow without these at least the 
world would not be habitable. Underlying them are the forces which produce magnetic fields which block cosmic radiation which would fry the world in moments. It's humankind who, aware that these things happen, choose to put themselves in harm's way or are forced to by other humans who are exploiting them. Did you know that over half the world's population lives in coastal areas or below five metres above sea level? God cares as much about every creature we drive to extinction as he does about every child that dies in a natural disaster. Humankind were meant to be stewards of God's creation, caring for it, bringing it under his benevolent rule. Instead, like willful toddlers, we trample it underfoot seemingly unconcerned about the beauty that we brutalize we can't fix it all but we can begin putting our own houses in order and living as sustainably as we can we can pray also that some of the things that we've started to learn of necessity during this covid lockdown continue into the future clean air how clear it is when we look out and see god's beautiful creation less waste, living and eating in tune with the seasons, growing more of our own food. Some of us stuck in our gardens and doing just that, perhaps for the first time, stick me hand up. Less unnecessary travel. And whilst humankind around the world has been living in fear, the rest of creation seems to have been giving that big sigh of relief. It's their world too. God created them too. He created a system that was balanced and self-sustaining, that needed humankind only to nurture it and to order it, to police it, to understand it and to manage it, not to exploit it and plunder it, not to amass it unjustly and deny it to those who need it. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the bounty of your creation that you have created that there will be enough for all and we are sorry lord that we are been trampling that as a species ever since the fall that lord we exploit your world and we exploit each other but lord you and holy spirit rise up in us help us and teach us that we may know how best we may help and live as an example to the world. Lord, help the governments to find different systems, different ways of working that are fairer and more just to each other and to your world. Lord, help us, we pray. Amen.